Welcome to Crossing Darkness, a podcast about role-playing games ranging from the World of Darkness tabletop setting to the MMORPGs like EVE Online and everything in between. We broadcast live over Twitch and are open to answering questions during the show. I'm your host, Frozen Fallout, and my co-host is Motorori, who helped me create a, this podcast as well as a 40-person, four-table Gen Con event. How's it going, uh, Moto? Pretty good, and uh, hello to everybody out there. Uh, today, we are going to go over some of the games that Frozen ran and played at Triatcon. Uh, so let's just jump into that. Uh, so how did Triatcon go? Uh, Tricon was awesome. I had a blast. I um, went to a lot of different games and got to run three games at the event as well, um, at the convention. Um, we also did some times, like at the very beginning, we kind of hung out and just talked um, on uh, one of the voice channels. It said like an open voice channel. People kind of came in and, and hung out and talked to some of the GMs and players and stuff like that before the games really got kicked off. Awesome. I, I didn't know about that. Uh, how did that go? Yeah, it was good. Uh, we hung out with uh, like Chad's and, and Terry popped in for a little while and talked to us and just kind of hung out with the players and and uh, people kind of hosting the, the event. So it's, it was a lot of fun. Um, Josh, I believe, uh, popped in for a little bit. That uh, Josh Heath? Yep. Nice. Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of wondering about how it would uh, simulate a you know a con experience because you know gaming with strangers is one thing, but I find that the con experience is all about all of those like out of game discussions that you have with people. So I'm glad that they had that. That's uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it was a lot of fun hanging out with people and talk with them, and then. I mean, it was really nice because you don't have to leave at all to go anywhere to get, you know, to, to the gaming spot they have. So in, I put, I gave myself usually about an hour in between, and it was just really nice to be able to, like, get done with the game and not have to, like, rush across the entire convention in order to, like, get to another place or try and find where you're supposed to go and all that stuff. It was all, like, super simple. Um, and they also had, like, the chat rooms open before the convention so i had uh players contacting me and i contacted players and um, um or and gms for their game uh well ahead of time um and it was really nice being able to use that chat room um to kind of like coordinate things give out character information and just basic information about your game and, and kind of talk to and chat to your players before you know that day even before the convention even started so it was really nice to have like a platform to communicate with each other well before the convention so was that like a specific chat room set up on discord for each individual game yep so every game had its own voice room oh, wow. and every game had its own chat room as well that's actually really cool i i could see that being used for for in-person conventions too yeah yeah it was it was an extremely efficient uh use of of discord and um the try it uh, or the tabletop events you could you know email out to your players players could email into you um it was just a really efficient uh way of, of working with everybody and um yeah they did a really good job uh just getting everything coordinated with that discord well I, I would expect nothing less from Terry. He's, uh, he's a pretty sharp guy. 
Uh, and it sounds like he really leveraged the the new technology quite well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, awesome. let's uh, get into it and uh, let's jump into the first uh, game that I played here. So at um, I'll just be going off of the yeah, so Eastern we'll, Time we'll Zone. We'll just go, go chronologically. Yep. Um, so yeah. I did the um, Changeling, the Lost, Second Edition, Midnight Mall, Beautiful Madness. Um, and so this is the first time that I had played um, Changeling, the Lost at all. Um, and it's it has a lot of hints and, and feeling of um, Changeling, the Dreaming. Um, except for it doesn't seem to hold down onto the like everybody that's a changeling is is like a child um, so it doesn't have that kind of um, aspect to it so not everybody's kind of seeing it through like a, a child's point of view and it has a lot more to do with like setting up your um, your mystical like area basically like you, you find like a, similar to like a major you find like a node and then you can kind of like make a a special place out of, of out of it and um like we had like a tree house space or like a tree that we went into basically that had like you know a few stories and we we're trying to grow it and you have to like make sacrifices and do these kind of weird rituals and stuff like that in order to expand it. and it has a lot to do with um like fairies and stuff like that still um and everybody's like half fae or something like that and then there's like the bad guys are the true fae which are like the more evil fae that come from um the hedge and stuff like that and they don't go it's not like the dreaming it's the hedge um but a lot of things are kind of the same um they use both use trods they both are you know fairy folk of some sort um you you basically have like the masks that you put on to everybody else but i played like a giant dog so to everybody else i just looked like this big dude but it when like you saw what my true face was, I was basically the just this giant uh, Doverman, basically, uh, or what was it? I don't know, some big dog with floppy ears, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think you were telling me about that uh, last week. Um, yeah, I mean that sounds fun. I'm I'm not uh, kind of similar to you i'm not super familiar with uh changeling the lost or changeling the dreaming for that matter uh but yeah so that was uh that was friday um at what time uh so yeah that was friday at 2 p.m and like the main story was that we like owned like a mall basically that had come under there was like another true fae who had like made a contract take it take over the mall and like was going to like take it into the the hedge or whatever into the the other realms and so we were going to like lose our place so we basically fought the witch uh, and it was very similar to like the wicked witch of the the west type uh kind of feel and had like this uh you know strong motif of uh and theme of uh wizard of oz type kind of stuff um, and we basically, in the end, in order to defeat the, the witch, we used law. <laughs> it was basically, basically used contract law to be like, well, a lot of things have changed since, since you uh, since you made this contract. Like, let's go through all the contract law. <laughs> like, oh, this is not going to work out exactly for you because different people have changed possessions and da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> it, was, it was an interesting uh, ending. 
Yeah, it sounds like the the GM wasn't uh, wasn't expecting that. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. There's always, uh, I guess, there's like lots of different ways to kind of end the game and different things that you can kind of do throughout the game. And um, yeah, the GM was really good at just being on their feet and really knowing, you know, the system and just uh, you know just having a lot of fun with it for sure. Yeah, uh, uh, you, you might not know, but uh, the the GM. Uh, are they a person that runs stuff at conventions normally or, or was this like a first time thing for them? Um, if you don't know, it's uh, no big deal. I just, I find it interesting because uh, one of the aspects of this convention was, you know, to get people kind of into it. So. Yeah. I can't remember for this, uh, for this game, what the credentials of the GM was really. I know that they ran, they did run two games there. They did the spaceship in Star Worms and then the uh, Changeling the Lost game at uh, Triacon. But I'm not quite sure what other stuff that they did. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking in the context of uh, it would be really interesting to, you know, play online convention games and then, you know, when you get to Gen Con specifically sign up for some of those games with uh with those people because oh yeah you know it's fun meeting people in real life after you meet them on the internet yep um <laughs> uh, all right so uh what did uh did you have anything else on that uh no i think we can move on yeah what was the the next thing that you did then uh so the next thing i did was i ran my game uh demon the fallen and that started at um 7 p.m so it was demon the fallen madison under siege um and then for this game it was basically um what i did was a bastardized version of our end of the world scenario year two that we did in uh, of gen con and it was during the time when the mages uh had put up a giant shield around madison and um, they were all prepping to go fight the, uh, nameless in their realm and the hunters and werewolves and vampires were all off, uh, you know, doing their own missions as well. Um, so for this one, what I did was the demons had, um, learned that Lucifer was in Madison. And so what we did is, um, first thing that they had to do is figure out how to penetrate the shield of Madison. And what I wanted to do for that, what I had set up for that was you could, uh, the demons could meet with one of the three major, and they were, these were like really powerful demons that had been out of the, the abyss for 16 years, 17 years now, and yeah. were, you know, kind of building up a, a strong power base, but the nameless had basically come and like conquered all the demons. And these were the few demons left that were like, we're not going to submit to the nameless. Like we're going to, we're going to fight them. Um, but we need to find Lucifer and figure out what the hell is his plan? Like what, what's going on here? How come Lucifer hasn't come out and shown us, you know, how, who to fight here, or what, what to do. Um, so they heard about Lucifer and Madison. So they're supposed to come to Madison and either meet up with the mages. You know, they were like, the, I guess it's like, you have a contact in the mages, you have a contact in the, the vampires, the werewolves, and the hunters, um, you know, usually, basically the leadership that you can go talk to and be like, hey, I need to get into Madison to find Lucifer or how, whatever they, however they wanted to play it, they needed to basically convince one of these groups to get them in. And it was going to be like either like a favor or um, there was a couple different ways that they could have gone about the whole system. But instead they were like, ah, oh, mortals built this. 
ah, whatever, we're going to go through the shield. Like, let's go investigate the shield. Let's look for holes inside of the shield. And normally I wouldn't, like, I would make it just completely impenetrable, but the players were very adamant. We spent, like, the first hour and a half on inspecting and trying <laughs> to penetrate the shield. So I was like, okay, you find some cracks, like, underneath ground, and there's, like, an underground tunnel that the vampires have. So you can, uh, you can you know, use the vampire in order to get in that way. And they were like, no way, we're just going to find our own hole then. There's got to be their uh, there's got to be a hole that we can find then if they've found a hole. So it's like, okay, so eventually they, they were able, they have, like, some forms that they can get in. And the concept that I kind of did with it is that underneath, underneath the ground the the shielding has some cracks inside of it because it figures that underneath grounding it's not going to need that full protection and there wasn't you know in order to keep the shield up for all over the other place there had to be some weak points in it or something and I've, i eventually let them get in um and then one of the players that i had um i had them kind of set up so that they had um, I had given them the dagger of Cain, the uh, that Cain used to kill his brother Abel. Um, it was supposed to oh. be a, a weapon that was possible of killing Lucifer, and so he, uh, so I had the whole thing in there that once you meet Lucifer, if he doesn't give you a good enough reason, you're gonna uh, why he had why he didn't help you guys out, why he hasn't been leading, why he wasn't in hell with you guys. Um, if he didn't give a good enough reason, he was just going to, you know, kill Lucifer right then and there. Um, and the reason that I kind of gave was that the, um, you know, that basically he has been fighting the nameless this entire time. And the whole, like, actions that they, or why Lucifer couldn't help them out was basically that this was all set up by God to destroy the entire fucking universe. And everybody... Uh, you know, everything has been kind of laid into that motion. Um, and that's why he didn't... He, basically, God was using these tormented angels to help destroy the universe in the end. <laughs> um, and, and remake oh. it in through his through Yahweh's son's image, basically, and stuff like that. Um, so this, there was this whole, like, thing of basically, like, yeah, you guys all got sent to fucking hell because Yahweh's a bitch, and he's been, he's, he, he's tried to turn you guys into his weapons, and I've been working with the ones that I think aren't going to be weapons, and I've been watching you, and I think that you might, you know, fight with me against the, the Nameless, which is a, a child of Lilith and Yahweh. And basically, oh. it's been kept out of the the dark of Lilith, or out so that Lilith doesn't really know about it. And Yahweh did this specifically so he could wipe out all of existence and wipe out all the layers that came before him, and like start fresh with a completely new universe. Because like I, the way that I had kind of set up the game was that he didn't build the universe from nothing you know like yahweh wasn't even the first god he was just a bunch of with a bunch of other gods that kind of built up the universe after you know the the wild the weaver and the worm and all the other universes that had come beforehand and he didn't like that he was building on top of something that already existed he wanted to find a way to be truly the one god that built everything so he was he mm -hmm. devised this whole plan to basically re build reality from the ground up through the nameless so like noah's ark but more right including He's him like getting killed 
Like that was one of the big yeah. things. Was like at the at at a certain point, they're like, Lucifer's like, yeah, and God is dead now, along with Cain and a few other fucking people. Like Yahweh was has been killed by, um, by the nameless, and and set himself up to be able to be killed by the nameless and absorbed, you know, into the nameless, make him even more powerful type shit. Um. And oh wow. It, in the end, the demons were like, you're right, fuck this, let's go beat the shit out of the nameless, and <laughs> stop fighting with each other, stop being resentful and hatred towards the humans, and just went out and decided to fight the nameless, so I kind of had them, like, come in and help out with the big fight that happened inside of the nameless's realm at the very end, and gave them this crazy-ass huge battle that was kind of taking place they they helped with you know protecting the 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 mages um that were fighting and stuff like that and then they also went and, and fought with the nameless and injured him in the end um at the cost of lucifer yeah uh so it sounds like it went pretty well um along the lines of uh Triatcon, uh the theme of it were there people playing who had never played mage before um yeah, I had people that uh, the this was I had one person that this was their first World of Darkness game that they'd ever played. Um, so they'd never played Demon or any of the other World of Darkness games. Just had read a lot about them. Um, and so this was uh, I had one of that. I had a couple people that De Demon. This was their first Demon game that they had played. Um, but uh, and I don't think I had anybody that had played Demon before. We had three people. Um, for that event and i think all three of them i know one person for sure hadn't played any world of darkness at all and this was their first world of darkness game but they'd like read a bunch about it so they knew the basic concepts of it um but the other two i think had just never played demon before possibly i, th I feel like there was one other that had played just old or the the new world of darkness the Chronicles of Darkness at like at a game at Triacon just before my game. That oh they had uh, not Demon though yeah but not Demon some other some another and this was this is New World or Old World of Darkness so they played some New World of Darkness vampire game or or something like that oh or, okay yeah Requiem or some yeah I'm not sure which one um yeah yeah, yeah so uh so what was that after that. Um, so then on Friday, let's see here, I feel like, yep, that was the end of Friday night for me. So that ended at around 11 o'clock Eastern time um, and kind of called it a night there. Um, and then day two started for me at 2 p.m. Um, Eastern time and we did uh, Mage the Ascension um adventure of the hollow earth second edition um and this was a lot of fun um and actually the gm for this was a person that had has been listening to our podcast has been listening to our um actual play oh, really? um and listened to our podcast about the uh about because we were talking about this and i had talked about how king Kong, i had just watched king kong versus godzilla and she's like oh i didn't get to watch that movie at all this has nothing to do with the hollow earth i was like yeah i didn't expect it to have anything to do with the hollow earth uh, but she was really cool uh she um let us like you know have a lot of fun with our characters um we did this crazy like i felt like the adventure 
like we got a lot done more so than i ever get done in in my games like i remember like the very first hour we had already bypassed a uh dinosaur uh, a t-rex that we had to kind of get around we we had like a conversation with the dude found out our mission got to hollow earth like started down our path got into in uh, in front of like a dinosaur had to like circumvent the dinosaur by using some of the most interesting use of magic um because we were talking about making ourselves invisible and i was like hold on we I just want to make sure everybody has correspondence. One, before we do this, because according to the book and according to the laws of physics, if you're using forces to prevent light from hitting you and you're refracting it around you in order to make it so you can't be seen, then you can't see. And and they were like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so everybody's got correspondence. Cool. Um, How about we make the giant... uh, tyrannosaurus rex invisible because if he's invisible then he can't see anything yeah and i was like oh that's really i never i never thought about that concept that oh i'm blinded so i i can't you know so i'm well just if you're trying to just make everybody invisible screw making everybody invisible if you're only doing it against one object just make that object or that thing or that person invisible and now they can't see shit Uh, and of course we still had to deal with smell and stuff like that so my character made up like an incense bomb basically that like made it so that nothing you couldn't smell anything within like a 30 yard radius or whatever um and we ended up getting around that um there was lots of little like uh you know puzzles for us to kind of figure out it just we did so much in such a short amount of time and then we got to the end where we got to fight and and punch a Nazi, basically, like where it was like, okay, you guys got to like the main area, you've got this crazy puzzle you have to figure out, and there's a bunch of Nazis that are attacking you, and it, it was it was just a, it was a Dang. huge blast. Yeah, it sounds awesome. And so it was a that was a main. Yep, that was a mage game. We were all, um, you know, we had, I think, like an Arate of three or four, and we had a magic, uh, you know, most of our spheres um, that we were using were around like three. Um, we weren't super powerful mages at all, but it was it was pretty powerful, um, pretty fun to kind of do, uh, gave us a lot of openings to do a lot of stuff. And then um, one of the main things that was uh, interesting about it, too, was the, the stakes of it all were um of the level of like apparently if we if we messed up on what we were trying to do here it's possible like i think it was like 1968 or something like that would no longer exist and like like the year 1968 (laughs) right that's what we were like wait a minute what like the entire year will disappear they're like yeah and some like islands out in the middle of like you know nowhere don't worry they'll you know nobody really needs them but just don't screw up you know i don't he was like oh and i thought i checked none of you were born in 1968 right so it's not going to be that big of an issue or whatever (laughs) it's like no but that's an important year like shit happened (laughs) yeah a lot of shit happened in 1968 uh well that sounds like an appropriately awesome game for triad gun yeah yeah it was a blast uh, uh, was was that a full up game or? Uh... Yep, that was. I believe we had. 
feel like we had five people um yeah we had five people i believe uh that played in that game um we even had one ticket waiting i believe for that and uh or wait a minute one second let me double check that here this one yeah yep i believe yeah everybody had one ticket waiting and then uh, uh yeah so what was what was next so after that then we went to um i did mage the ascension uh 20th anniversary edition where i ran my madison under siege game um and so this was um the mages are coming together to head to the the, the dark tower um which is this uh realm created by the nameless that holds black 19 which is an object that can give the nameless a name and by naming the nameless there's a bunch of name magic and a bunch of other things that kind of come into account um and basically make make it more of a, a a creature that is tangible to mages basically by naming it um along with adding other properties and making it a, a little bit different um so the idea is like they go to this crazy realm they all have a plan and they they all have this like part to kind of play in the battle for um, getting black 19. Um, and then I kind of introduced a couple of things, depending on what happened at the, the demon game, the demons could come and help them, which ended up happening because the demons decided to side with the mages. Um, so I had like the demons show up and, and help out during the fight. Um, and um, it was basically like they arrive in this giant forest in this clear opening. They've got a bunch of robots and humans and, and the technocracy is on their side and they've got spaceships. There's a big, huge space battle that's happening up above. There's a big battle that's happening in the clearing um, where they're kind of setting up their base camp and they have this like crazy hospital that, you know, the son of Ether just popped out of his pocket and it like blows up to this big building and then they're you know, basically like build a base camp. And then they have another team that goes out and fights um, at the tower itself to go get Black 19. And the idea is that the base camp will pull them back in as soon as they get Black 19 and get the hell out of there. Um, and it went really well. Um, the one thing that I learned definitely for this was that this is also part of a game that's supposed to be about eight hours long. Um, it's supposed to be about four hours of of doing this like crazy uh, well, more like about two or three hours of, of doing this crazy event here, um, as well as getting everybody kind of set up for this other political stuff that was going on um, that was supposed to happen after they did the assault for Black 19. Um, so I had given them all this information on what the vote was going to be about and stuff, all the bunch of stuff that didn't need to be on the character sheet. And so it was yeah. a bunch of stuff that just kind of weighed down the characters at that point. So I think if I ever do this again and I'm just doing the the attack on the tower type thing, I'm going to take all information that regards about the vote and all that stuff and just kind of take that out of it and focus more on the battle plan of the, the, the dark tower itself. Yeah. Although it, it should be noted that all that stuff was in there because it was prepped for that other game. Right. Uh, and it was only that you didn't edit it out. But yeah, so so a couple of the players, I think, uh, mentioned to you that like there was a bunch of stuff that didn't need to be in there. Right, yeah. Just, you know, if, for completionists, yeah. they're going to read it all and, and it just bogs down the character a little bit if you're not in that big, huge 
environment where you're you know you need you, you you see 40 or 30 you know 30 plus other players that are doing stuff and you need to know who they are and what they're doing you know you just have four other people you're playing with so let's just focus on what we're going to be doing for this game instead of a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with the game we're actually going to play yeah Awesome. Well, it uh, sounds like that went well. Uh, was that one full up or was it yep. just a few players or what? Yep, we had full, uh, up? full up and then we had one extra waiting and a couple other people that talked to me about wanting to be in on the game. Um, it was, uh, it, I, th I think five people is about the maximum that I would want to do at a virtual con these days. Um, it, that mm. seemed about right. We seem to have about enough time to get everybody to do something Um but I feel like if I had any more than that, it would have been bogging down the game quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Cool. Uh, so what happened next? Um, so then after that, um, at approximately 11 o'clock Eastern time, I jumped into uh, Hunter the Reckoning Murder by Any Other Name. Um, and this was a really, really awesome, um, fun time playing Hunter the Reckoning. Um, I hadn't really ever played too much Hunter the Reckoning. I GM for it a couple of times, and I think I might have messed around in one of, like, a game that you ran or something. But in general, I don't, I haven't really been able to play Hunter the Reckoning at all. And this was a really fun one because we started off as high school, or as, uh, college kids. Um, one of our friends had gone missing. And we were trying to find out about him going missing. And we had some weird interactions, um, you know, with people at some times that kind of started showing that we had powers, basically. Um, but we didn't, we didn't ever, like, at the beginning of it, we didn't know what hunters were. We didn't know anything about supernatural. We didn't believe in werewolves or anything like that and had no direct encounter with them. I, I think I had started seeing weird shit at some point with some bikers that I had been fucking with. Um, like they had really big muscles and, and weird teeth and shit like that, but I didn't, didn't quite equate it at all. Um, and it's interesting. So we started off with this whole, like, okay, we're going to run around and try and find out what happened to our friend. We're going to go to like the bars and stuff. And we find out eventually that they're alive and we are told to like, go to this, uh, alleyway to go meet up with them. And, and we get jumped basically by vampires. Like we, we, the only indication that we had was there was like an anemic, person in the alleyway that had these like weird when we looked at them with our sight we saw like the the concept that there was uh bite marks on them but are no more um so we did this whole like um thing of we got into a fight um with one of the vampires and like stabbed them to the point where they or i think it was a ghoul or a vampire or something um, and we like stabbed him to the point where he like falls over and he's like dying and shit. And my character like just goes nuts after that. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? Like there's vampires or there's something like vampires or whatever. We just stabbed a dude. Like we're going to prison. Like we're fucked. Like you guys don't understand. Like they're, they're like, oh, what do we do? Like, what do we do? Oh, call the, the ambulance and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but we just stabbed this guy to, to almost death. Like either we kill him here and we take him, you know, and hide the body or he tells the police that we tried stabbing them to death like we definitely were the aggressors here uh, they were being uh, intimidating but we're the one who nearly stabbed this guy to death um and that was just kind of an interesting thing um 
like the the breakdown of like imagine being a kid that's in college your whole life is before you and now all of a sudden you just got done stabbing a guy near death your buddy's missing you just found out that maybe there's some vampires or you're going fucking nuts um and like (laughs) your whole life at that point i feel like you would just feel like your entire life is ruined like everything that you had been trying to do can't go back to normal anymore you know yeah there's i i think we've talked about it before but there's like an inherent contradiction between all the role-playing games that we play and how real life goes and that's most of the 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 math-based fun of role-playing games is combat and if you look at like combat in our real world like i've never been in a real fight it's probably been a while for you uh if i found myself in a situation where you know first of all i find out supernatural creatures are real and then i murder someone like I'm like I'm not gonna wake up the next day and be like, "Well, off on my adventure to fight bad guys." <laughs> I'm gonna be like, "I need to go to therapy because I have PTSD now." Right, it's, exactly. You know, yeah, and and that's exactly what Hunter the Reckoning is supposed to be about. It's wait, it's like, are we you're even having a rough time? Did we, did we really kill a vampire? Or is this, or am I just fucking nuts now? Oh, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just yeah. running around killing people, not even knowing, you know, and the coroner is coming around and going, oh, we've got a mass murder here. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm killing vampires. And they're like, no, these are the real humans that <laughs> you thought was a vampire. You're fucking nuts, dude. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting thing. And then, then we got to meet up with, with our buddy and he's like, He's like, oh, just what the fuck is going on? Like, why are you guys involved in any of this? And he's like, you need to get the hell out of here. And he, he turns out he's a fucking vampire. He got, he got turned into a vampire. And then he's like, he's all like, oh, just drink my blood. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just drink my blood. It'll be fine. <laughs> Everything will be so much better if you drink my blood. <laughs> so he was trying to ghoul you. Yeah, he's trying to like, he was trying to fuck with us and it. Put us underneath his control and, and and entice us and i was like okay fuck it stab this guy so we ended up like taking him and like at the end of the game we ended up having we we torpored his ass we put a stake in his heart um you know it was i i, I remember at the time the gm's okay we're like roll some stuff and and i'm like doesn't staking usually mean that the vampire is gonna dust but maybe i did see a, a movie that you know said like staking just made them mm-hmm not uh not move which is pretty rare actually in the in vampire literature Nor- normally it's uh stake a vampire in their their dust like well in buffy that was what happened but uh i think that's yeah i'm not just uh, bram stoker's vampire whatever the nosferatu all, almost all of those are all staking is 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 the lethal measure taking is death yeah 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 i'm not uh... and rice i'm pretty sure is does the same thing although i could be wrong about Anne rice i know Anne rice gets a lot of influence from the world of darkness so. mm-hmm. but yeah oh so it sounds like that was a pretty good hunter game yeah uh so that one must have run till pretty late yeah that, that was like did two or three in the morning 3 a.m um eastern standard time yep that was a lot of that was a late night, so and then I had an early morning, which was uh, a mistake on my part. But I wanted to try. I heard that their werewolf game 
had um got canceled on sunday um so i did a werewolf 20th anniversary madison under siege where i basically just brought the werewolves to the mage battle at the dark tower and uh nice and just it it was kind of fun because i only had two people that signed up for that um and we basically we just kind of did the whole like okay the first uh you know first encounter is with uh just some punk kids that uh stole a uh, uh uber um because they were going to use an uber to get down to the capital uh where they're going to meet up with the mages so they like the uber arrives and four dudes like jump out with like a baseball bat and like a chain and stuff like that it was just it was funny seeing the werewolves not be lethal in their combat like they were all just like trying to push them into the car and like throw the car around and like not trying to actually like just straight up rip the the boys apart with their claws they were all trying to be like very uh like just non-lethal combatants and then and then in the end they're just like fuck it just jump into the car and drive away <laughs> like um yeah and well, so, i mean that sounds like werewolves from madison yeah <laughs> exactly um so that was that was a lot of fun um and then they got to the the big fight and i had him fight a nexus crawler and they literally killed a nexus crawler in under a turn um, because they, they just had, they just used all of their rage, all of their shit, like right then and there. And they took like, both of them took like five turns each in one turn. So it was like, <laughs> it was literally like a whole battle that happened in 30 seconds or in three seconds. <laughs> like, um, and then we kind of used that as just saying like, okay, and then you guys went around and killed a bunch more shit after that, because the, the battles took up all uh, like in the, and we did the true world of darkness like you declare first and then you go through and do all the actions, you know, so you declare up to the from lowest to highest initiative and then do the actions from highest to lowest initiative. So it did take us a lot of yeah. time to kind of go through the whole process there. Um, and and it was just two people. So we just kind of had fun. Um, people had really hadn't played World of Darkness before. Um, and yeah, it was just a, a fun little uh, run of, of werewolf yeah awesome uh and then i think there was one other thing you did on sunday yep. or were there two one more yep so it was uh trinity continuum um aeon slow day at work um which was like we were on some kind of crazy space station and there was some um basically there's these like creatures that um oh what the heck are they called they're there's like we are like the evolutionary of these these things that came to our reality and it's like in the future and stuff like that and these crazy creatures abominations basically or uh what the heck are they called i'm trying to remember the names for aberrants aberrants yeah so aberrants are like the the first evolution of what like we basically became or something like that or used the the concepts of of that in order to make human versions of them but they're like some kind of alien thing in any case um we the whole story was basically like one of these aberrants awaked uh, awoken on the station it was like some dude who was just a mechanic or whatever in the station like power was going to go critical or something so in order to try and stay save everybody this aberrant went crazy and uh was like tied in with the power systems and stuff. So we had to like go down there and, um, you know, calm it down. And we actually ended up like app apprehending the, the aberrant instead of killing it. 
and bringing the guy in. Um, so I don't know how normal that kind of stuff is. Um, I remember being really tired, so it took me a while to like figure out what was going on. Um, but it was a fun game. I definitely like the the uh, story. I think this is story path system um is what they yeah. use for this um it's very similar to the uh chronicles of darkness system but a little bit different um it's like every it's like every success you get above the first gives you like extra things that you can do um is like one of the like primary things for it and momentum was really interesting i like the idea of momentum in the game where basically what we did was if every time you failed or botched you got momentum and momentum gave you the ability to use some powers or to um, get extra dice on dice rolls. And it's like a pool that everybody has. So if we if we had like three players and a GM and we um, have a momentum pool of 10, I can be like on any one of my rolls. I can be like, hey, can I grab three of those momentum and I'll grab three dice and add that to my dice pool? Um, and then it just takes away from everybody. Cool. So everybody says, you know, has to agree to it. But once we've used that three momentum, we'll only have seven momentum left. Um, but every time that somebody botches and every time that somebody fails, it adds to the momentum pool. Okay. So the momentum pool is collective. Right. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, really like I wasn't familiar with that. Yeah. It felt like, and, um, like one of the things that we had was an ability that, um, comes from just like a skill, um, that basically said that if you specialize in this, that you can use a momentum point to get a clue, which was always kind of nice. Like if you're trying to like bring, push the game along and you're investigating into something, you can use that momentum to keep the game going. Um, and I just like the idea of what it's called momentum. It just, it really did feel like mo momentum was like, Oh, if you're, if you're failing or botching, it's slowing down the game. So here's some stuff to make it so that you can speed the game up and bring the game back into, you know, regular mode by being like, okay, so you failed a few times, but now you can use that failure to help you in the future. Yeah, no, it sounds awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll have to look into uh, the, the new story path system stuff. I, I just, you know, I got all these books I got to read first. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, and then. That's not going super fast either. So, uh, how many played in that game? And uh, was it, who uh, was the gene some like famous or just just somebody? Um, I think it was just a, a normal GM. I can't remember. It might have been somebody that uh, was involved in it in some way, shape, or form. I feel like maybe it was somebody that. So it was Scott Kerbin. Uh, I'm not familiar. No, it's probably just some guy then. Not not everybody has to be some somebody, somebody famous. famous. I felt a little bit famous, like when I went to that. Uh, um, yeah. The Mage the Ascension one, there she was like, "Yeah, I've you know watched your stuff," and I was like, "Oh my god, like that's crazy." Um, well, we always said that our goal was to be able to go to conventions and have like. A few people recognize, right. and it sounds like you've already accomplished that. So, yeah. so congratulations. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm still looking forward to going to Gen Con this year. I think it's. I think it's going to happen, and I just. I love going to Gen Con. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm super excited about that as well. 
Got to figure out what we're doing there. Uh, yeah, so Triacon went well. Um, I think I did write down one other thing. Yeah, so so you told me that you were talking to Terry. Uh, I think afterwards. Uh, so what do you do? You have the the inside scoop. What's the future of Triacon? Um, so I'm not exactly sure. Um, it definitely seemed like we. Um... We did really well um, above expectations on certain things, and um, and according to Terry, it's a lot easier to get a lot of free stuff uh, for conventions to if you can get to a certain size, basically. Like the like Onyx Path and other places will start giving you stuff for running a convention to help with uh, you know getting people in and stuff. Um, so it was one of those things that we're definitely going to be pushing it more. Um, next year and um, Terry kind of invited me on said that he wanted me to come on to staff I helped out with a lot of like advertising and stuff like that so um, Terry wants to work a little bit more with me on that um, but yeah it looks like it's 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 a go for doing it again at some point and I, I think it was a super success uh, I think we did like over two thousand um, dollars well over two thousand dollars that we raised for like the Heller Keller fund um, I uh I donated like two thousand or two hundred dollars to that, um, which is pretty much all my proceeds plus that I got from the con just to put put into that. Um but yeah, it was it was a lot of uh of fun and and it looks like we'll definitely be doing it again. Um and hopefully that'll be, you know, sometime around May of next year. Awesome. Well, that uh do you have any other thoughts uh, in retrospect? Uh, uh, no, I... just want to you know just give a big shout out to Terry and and Josh Heath for uh, running this here, and Chaz for all the work that they kind of did, um, and and really looking forward to seeing Triacon again. Yeah, and and for my part, I think in the future uh, when these virtual conventions come up, I'm gonna make more of an effort to set aside some time. My uh, my weekends are notoriously um, taken, <laughs> so. Uh, awesome. But anyway, I think I think that's uh, I think that's it. Yep, and uh, if you enjoyed the show, feel free to give us a follow and a like or whatever, and uh, check out our website at theageofstories.com for links to all of um, the shows that our friends put on, as well as setting information for Mad- Madison Under Siege and much much more. And don't forget to tune in to our Mage the Ascension game, Technogate, on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time on Twitch at twitch.tv slash goldenagestories. And remember, that's golden spelled G-U-L-D-A-N. Also, if you like this podcast, you can listen to us record it live on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Central Daylight Time, or slightly after, because I think we started at 7.15 today. <laughs> it happens. You know, it's sometime, sometime after 7 on Sundays. <laughs> it's It's gotten loose. <laughs> but uh we still we still try to make effort to do it so <laughs> right awesome well thank you all for watching and have a great night good night everybody <laughs>